midlife gets such a bad rap and it's really not true. I work with a lot of people of all ages and there's this over-idealization of youth. And really, if you talk to people in midlife, they will say, I've never felt better. I've never felt more confident. Hey, (laughs) welcome back to Off the Ground, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey guys! Hey guys! Well, first, let's intro our guest. Today, we are joined with Dr. Robbie Ludwig, nationally known and sought-after psychotherapist, television personality, and author of Your Best Age Is Now. Dr. Robbie was the relationship contributor to Investigation Discovery Network Scorn for six seasons, hosted two seasons of TLC's reality show, One Week to Save Your Marriage, as well as GSN's reality game show, Without Prejudice. She's currently the executive producer and host of Talking Live with Dr. Robbie Ludwig on Facebook Watch right here in the heart of Times Square, where she interviews prominent and pro-social personalities of the day. She's a regular on Nightline, 2020, CNN, Headline News, Fox News, Fox and Friends, and The View. Her personal wheelhouse is psychological and lifestyle issues, as well as examining the criminal mind. She spent over 30 years helping audiences and guests alike to understand the complexities of the human condition. She's here today to help us grasp the idea of personal reinvention and how each of us can more confidently step into our next phase, whatever our next phase may be. Welcome, Dr. Robbie. Thank Woo-hoo. you for having me. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Dang, girl, you fancy me. Well, <laughs> I sound so busy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't imagine that. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention you're, you know, a, a personal friend of many of us and just one of the coolest girls in New York. I always love seeing you out and about. And my mom's in your book. Yes. She was <laughs> How so funny is that? wonderful. Really so supportive and just really a woman who knows how to continually just maximize every stage of her life. Also, we're talking about Joan London. Yes. Yes. Joan London. Yes. Yes. I was just about to like say, I didn't mention who that was talking. So this is Jamie, as you guys may remember. My mom's Joan London, and she contributed to Robbie's book. Yes, and Joan was saying how important her mother was to her yeah. in terms of being positive and uh, glitzy you know, Grandma Gladdy. Yeah. And Joan was way ahead of her time when you think about it. You know, at 47, having twins, and now we hear that age. Yeah. It's really interesting. Well, now we hear 47. And we're like, yeah, yeah. But at the time, Joan was really ahead of her time, and she was so funny. She was saying, you know, if I didn't lose a lot of weight and look really good, I couldn't have gotten the husband that I got. <laughs> she tells it like it is. Joan <laughs> Maloney, never afraid to call a spade a spade. That's amazing. Yeah. How lucky. Yeah. Yeah. We love Mama Joni. So, all right, cool. So, should Heidi? We, yeah, should we talk about the weekly? Do our little catch-up? Yeah, our little weekly catch-up mm-hmm. topic. So, we do, Robbie, every week we have, like, a little weekly thing that's, you know, on our minds and recently we were speaking about you know the whole Instagram phenomenon and social media where people really compare their actual life to someone else's highlight reel and they compare despair the whole thing and I don't know we thought that might be a good topic to talk about with you for our weekly catch up and you know if anybody had any personal experiences recently where they you know even though they're crushing it in life obviously everybody here is but they felt like they weren't doing enough 
like there's this feeling of not enoughness because when you turn on social media at any given moment, it's somebody's highlight and it might not be real actually, Mm -hmm. or, but you know, it's the most glamorized version of life possible and people think it's real. So how can we all navigate that? Yeah. I mean, I think with social media, it's a visual medium. So people probably always on some level feel like they're not doing enough, Mm -hmm. but now we have something to concretize it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is why I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And we all feel it, right? It's that vacation you want to go on or maybe that TV appearance or that job that someone seems to get. And I think it's just really important just to keep in mind it is a highlight reel. And if something is unhealthy for you, don't follow the person. It's really simple. It's funny. Yeah. It's like a train wreck. Sometimes, like, you don't want to look at it and you don't want to, or certain people, like, get under your skin. And then I find myself looking at that more because I'm like, I just got to, I just got to look I at it. I mute that person. Because then you don't have to unfollow. You can actually yes. just mute their feed because um, then they don't, like, see that you've unfollowed or somebody you have to deal with. You don't have to follow them back if you have to do something with them later. Don't you can care. mute I'm, accounts. That's a nice I have trick. a question, though, Dr. O, because I always sort of look at it this way. If I'm scrolling through Instagram and something affects me negatively, it's really a good window into what's happening for me. Why does that make me jealous? Why does that make me angry? What do I need more in my own life? What do I need to work on with myself if I'm having that reaction. That's so advanced. And I think that is the beauty of envy and the gift of envy. We're so busy trying to feel good or trying to feel grateful that there is power in pain. And this is actually something I've been thinking a lot about, that when you feel pain and you allow yourself to feel pain, instead of diagnosing it as being unsuccessful, it really is a way to move you in the right direction. If we constantly tell ourselves we're okay, or we should be grateful, then we may not be addressing things in our lives that we really need to address. So you're right. Envy is a wonderful way, if you're open to it, to say, what am I missing? What does this mean in terms of my own life? And I talk about this in my book, actually, because it can be a window into what you want, but may not be allowing yourself to realize. So yes, if we use Instagram and social media or social media as a tool, then we're using it in the right way. But having said that, there are people that are just going to be upsetting to us. Mm -hmm. And you have to edit your life, right? Because what we pay attention to matters. And if something is not good for you psychologically, you have a right. In fact, it's your job to cut it out of your life. I love that. This actually kind of happened to me last night. I had done an hour show on QVC. I had like gotten myself there, worked the whole way there, had this whirlwind of a day. I was like holding the world on my shoulders. I did this hour on television. And then I tried to rush to make a train home because I wanted to, especially because I wanted to see my kids before they went to sleep. And I missed the train by a millisecond. Like I was running down the platform and it was pulling away. And I was so frustrated and it was freezing cold and I had to sit outside for an hour and 15 minutes. I'll stop complaining. And as I was sitting there, I was texting the girls. I was texting these three and I was saying, what happened, telling them what happened. And Christine texted me back and she was like, just breathe. You're only human. And that made me start hysterically crying in a good way. No, I'll tell you why. Because I, because in my head, I believe my own hype. I believe my own highlight reel. <laughs> That's, That's dangerous. Not to, to me. I'm supposed to be superwoman. And she reminded me like, 
that is life. You got to like just take it, girl, and you got to take a breath and sit down. And I'll tell you something else. The only thing I shared yesterday from the end of my day was my appearance on QVC. I wish I had shared that moment. Yeah. I love following people. We had Jara, um, Jara Bean on the show recently. I love following Jara because a lot of what she does is share the crap moments of her day. Or she'll share something weird where she's like, you guys, I just looked up on top of my fridge and I thought this thing was a cockroach. And look, and it was like a piece of ginger. And it's like that weird stuff that we all do. But you wouldn't share about on Instagram because like it kind of makes you seem weird or like it's kind of like not, you know, it's like the weird crying parts of your day. I like to seem weird. Yes, (laughs) totally. And I like following people that seem weird because they're real. And so I think it's actually... Like, on the flip side of having to mute people that make you feel bad, try to seek out people that are sharing the real-life experiences of their day, because I think it's very empowering. And it's also... Oh, good. No, I was going to say, you know, as a therapist, I'm a little bit nosy, because I'm used to people telling me everything. So, I like seeing people's lives. Jamie, I love watching you on Instagram, and and just seeing people that I I see every day, Mm -hmm. and, and seeing pictures of their kids, or their husbands, or what they're doing. And, you know, listen, you have to know yourself and it's a good way to kind of stop and ask yourself the question mm-hmm. you know what's good what's not and also I love the idea of Instagram in the sense or whatever social media you choose to use that is a reminder of why your life is moving forward mm-hmm. I think sometimes we forget and I like that we can document these moments because I don't know you girls are all really busy I'm really busy we forget what we accomplish. And so this is a good way to say, you know, I did something really fun today and I documented it and I'm sharing it with the people I care about. I love Love that. that. I love that. There's actually something in also like with everything that's been said, there's something in Buddhism that's called sympathetic joy. I don't know if you guys where you're like happy for someone else's happiness, which the first time I heard that in yoga class, it like blew my mind. I was like, this is the coolest. This is obviously Heidi, guys. (laughs) I was like, this is the coolest concept ever. And then yesterday I was with a girl um, at a photo shoot I was doing and she was showing me a picture she just got gotten back from Bali and I was like Uh, oh I'm so jealous but I was so happy for her and I was like I wish there was a better word than jealous Mm -hmm. because like it sounds negative and like I'm jealous and like the like I'm so happy for you and like and she goes you know what I learned to say she said somebody taught me a long time ago and it never left me I say I'm so happy for you and I wish that for me too oh that's cool I I think that's what it is people have a hard time genuinely feeling that and yeah. saying like oh that jealousy thing that you said it's like how do you flip that and yeah. how do you make that happiness happy and for them and for you and try to just put that out there instead I'll say of- it's something I'm working on really hard with my nine year old daughter oh. um, because you see it w- with like forming humans it's like well she got to go on a ski trip or she like no 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 true friends are excited for each other's yeah. success. And I'm like working really hard on that with my kids because they don't get it. I feel they like just want, want what media, everyone else has. When we were younger, if we had that, I, I don't think I'd be stable right now. It's, <laughs> that's a lot to put on a child. I think that's a lot to put on us. We're grown adults and we find it hard to just keep seeing all of that and all of the noise. Navigate and, the FOMO. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah. I mean, sorry. We're, yeah. we're pointing at each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, keep, want, yeah. we want to keep it moving, but, but we have I, to hear from Robbie. I, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Well, I think it's a really good opportunity to highlight that it's important to have all of our feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, we may feel like we want something that we don't have, but then how can we work towards it? And sometimes you're going to feel like you don't have what you want, and sometimes you are going to feel like you have more than other people. And that that is life. And I think the more that we can help our kids understand that and be proactive, mm-hmm. be active in taking part in creating what you want to have, I think that's really important, that things mm-hmm. just don't come. Mm-hmm. You're not always going to have the most. There's somebody who's always going to have more, be prettier, mm-hmm. be richer. And to develop kind of a spiritualistic approach to life, it is hard. And it's something I think we need to work on every single day of our lives. So for right now, any medium that helps us to do that, I think really is important. I agree. So being a girl mom is really hard, Megan. So um, (laughs) kind of leans into, uh, you're going to talk about your sweat this today. So let's talk about women for a minute. Oh, yeah. So So, first of all, sweat this. Why don't you explain what that is and what you're going to talk about? We we talk about something that we're all kind of sweating or loving in the moment. Obsessed Um, with. And this is a little gratuitous because I'm announcing a new job. Um, I'm the new editor of Woman's Day magazine. So I'm sweating Talk about sympathetic joy. That's where I first started out as a fashion editor. Yay. So I take over in March. Um, I'm really pushing to call it Woman's Yay. So we'll see if I I win out on that front. Um, But yeah. Obviously, your first cover has to have it on it. Well, I already matched my nails. To make the announcement, I matched my nails. Because I always match my manicure to whatever magazine I'm working on. So I made... The, uh, my Those current are such many cool matches. Yeah. So if you can't see, guys, um, Megan has a rainbow of colors in her hands. It's beautiful. That matches the acai bowls on the, the cover. Bowls on the cover. <laughs> so what is Woman's Day about? So Woman's Day is the number one selling magazine on newsstands, which I'm very <gasps> excited about. Yes, Great. it's wow. uh, 15 million readers. <gasps> so um, lots of people that get to know about Off the Gram Podcast. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, and it really, my mission for it is I'm going to probably be, you know, just tweaking it and energizing it a bit. Um, is I want it to be a party on every page for um, for families and women who want to find more joy and celebrate everything. And it's so nice that there are still some solid magazines around too, because the industry you know has really Absolutely. changed. So this yes. is this is this one's been standing, and it's great it's that it still goes. Long standing magazine. Yeah. So you can see from the cover that obviously there's recipes. They're known for their food content. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. women love the easy, accessible recipes. They're known for their decorating. They're organizing. Um, crafts and DIYs. Um, my <laughs> favorite thing about the magazine, and I think one of the reasons Hearst tapped me to take it over, is because it really is all about celebrating. Um, and I've already decorated my house for St. Patrick's Day <laughs> after immediately taking Valentine's Day the second I got home from vacation because celebrating and decorating every day is my one of my biggest joys besides mm-hmm. collecting sea glass with my children. Um, but We're such mom goals. It's not funny. <laughs> I'm like the anti-mom goal in that respect. No, I just, I bow down to Megan and Christine. Not that I don't bow down to you, Heidi. These two are like these DIY queens and I just find it so admirable and I... I would be a great person to read Woman's Day to yeah. learn more about how to do that. Yay. Tips and tricks. It is a great book. Yeah, it really is. I'm excited. So, I mean, I have to do my homework. I have to, to decide what what I'm going to do with it. I can't but wait to see. Woman's Day. Yay! Yay. 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 Amazing. 
Well, Mazel, mazel Tov. That's my yes. That's so great. I just have to say, I'm so excited for you. And I think we all need motivation in terms of how to celebrate each day. There's not enough positive content. There's such divisive content mm-hmm. out there. So we need role models. So kudos to you. I think that's Thank great. You. Yes. Yay. Yay. Megan's the ultimate role model. All right. So speaking of like... Am I blushing through the microphone? <laughs> a little bit. So speaking of li- literally exactly this, the, the like stepping into the next phase of our lives and evolution, mm-hmm. let's talk about our topic for today. Ever feel like you've just hit a wall? Like you're stuck in neutral, just coasting on as the clock ticks by? Like you need to spice up your life in terms of career, love, and just overall quality of life, especially as those mid-year midlife years are creeping up on you. None of us would know anything about that. (laughs) Sorry. Call it everybody out there. But you don't know how to do it. And worst of all, society and maybe our mothers are there to remind us that we're not getting any younger. As we age, society has a tendency to put a negative spin on that process. We shouldn't hide from our powerful years and all of our accomplishments. After all, that's exactly what makes us who we are. Own that experience, ladies. Mm -hmm. But while you're out there owning your amazingness, do take a look ahead and get ready to create what's next for yourself. Because constant evolution is the name of the game. All you need are some tools, a plan, and your inner sparkle. So Robbie is here to give us some tips and just kind of some pro tips and facts on how to take those steps into your next phase. Are you guys even midlife? 44. Uh, Yeah, yeah, like we're all all getting there. Yeah? I I don't know when midlife is defined as, so I think we're all. You know, it's a moving target. That's a good uh-huh. point. So it's it's always changing. I mean, for my book, I said 40. And what is the name of your book again? Your Best Age is Now. Thank you. So and I Love think it. what's so unfortunate is that midlife gets such a bad rap. Mm-hmm. And it's really not true. They're the best years. Totally. They really are. I mean, I work with a lot of people of all ages. And there's this over-idealization of youth. That youth is where all good things can happen. And it's simply not true. I mean, many kids in their 20s, they're feeling such angst Mm -hmm. and fear about the future and challenges in terms of navigating their lives and what's in store for them. And really, if you talk to people in midlife, they will say, I've never felt better. Mm -hmm. I've Mm -hmm. never felt more confident. Minus the chin hair. Well, (laughs) for Megan. But honestly, that's what plugging is for. I've never Agreed. felt more in, in the driver's seat of my own life. Ever. And I'm older than you girls, and what I can tell you is that I still feel young. You look fabulous. You know, I'm right? still, and it doesn't go away. If you take care of yourself and you are loving your life for the most part, you know, you're in sync with your purpose and your passion. It's all good. It's even better because you figure out what works for you. And you're not trying to please. Like, I'm someone who really didn't necessarily try to please people my entire life. I mean, but you have to, to some extent, to be successful, right? Mm -hmm. You have to figure out what do people want from you? How do you give it? But as you get older, you realize these people don't know any better than you. And it's like you learn to navigate yourself Mm -hmm. and your body and your psyche better. And it feels really good. I love one of your quotes. You said you uh, deserve a rich and rewarding life. Absolutely. I think a lot of people don't tell themselves that they don't think they deserve that so how can you remind yourself like this is this is okay for me to want or deserve this 
I actually think people feel they deserve it, but they don't know how to get it. Mm, yeah. I was reading this wonderful psycho psychoanalyst. He's famous in England called Adam Phillips. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. And he was saying that when you interact with people, you're always interacting with who they want to be and who they're not as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think the challenge is always realizing there's a difference between our fantasy life and our real life for everyone. And that doesn't mean that we're failing, but the goal is to live creatively. Hmm. I like that. So like, okay. So somebody just feels like, yes, reinvention. Like I'm ready to shake it up, but they just have no idea how to trudge forward with that. Do you have any, like a starter kit? For reinvention? <laughs> yeah. I, I think you need to think about who do you want to be? You know, and really have a clear image. Who do you want to be? How do you want to feel? And what's the next step to help you get there? And really to keep that in your mind. People lose faith too easily on the ability to kind of create what they want to create for themselves. But the first step is having a vision. And even if you don't always have faith and you don't always have the feeling that you could be that person... Don't necessarily buy into that. Feelings are not facts. They come, they go, they wax, they wane. So you really need to stick to a plan. What about what about like people who feel like they are stuck um, because of external factors? For example, they have three young children, but they're very unhappy. But they're like, oh, but when this happens, it'll be okay. Like, what do you say to those people that are like, but when that happens, but when that happens, who are like, you know what, I'm not going to deal with this right now because I can't do anything about my situation because my kids are too young or Or my job. I need the job. I need the health insurance. I can't leave. Like, you know, yeah. What do you say? Listen, we can always live in a place of excuses. Right. And blame. It's because of this external factor. And listen, there are realities of life, right? We need to pay bills. There are certain situations that make it tougher. I think we live in a world where we don't value patience enough. Mm -hmm. But there's always some little thing you can do. You know, something little. Uh, maybe it's volunteering. Maybe it's having a hobby on the side. Maybe it's talking to a friend that can help you rethink your approach to life. It could be really small. I think we get into this mindset that in order to make monumental changes, they need to be huge steps. No, not at all. Small tweaks can really move the direction of your life. And so I think if people keep in mind, it could be small steps, take a vision, try something different, just do something different. See what happens. See how it feels. Take actions. Right. It's all about not staying stuck. (laughs) Yeah. Take action. Do something different. You don't even have to know where it's going to lead. And it can be small. I mean, it can be like, okay, so today I'm going to get my resume in order. Today I'm going to go on LinkedIn. Today I'm going to find a a life role model, right? Like somebody I want to aspire to be and kind of... Let's take your example of Women's Day, Mm -hmm. okay? And that I'm not really a cook. 
I want to try something different. I want to experience myself differently. So I'm going to follow a recipe in there that looks pretty easy that and <laughs> simple and something that I won't burn to a crisp. <laughs> then I get to experience myself differently. I tried something new. Mm-hmm. You know, is that huge? No, it's just something different. It's something out of my usual, out of my typical. Ah, so that's interesting. So the thing you're doing doesn't have to be an action step toward the goal. It just has to change your perspective. Yeah. Love and to it. know that you can experience yourself differently, we forget. Mm-hmm. I also think the more alone time is really dangerous. I really do. We get stuck in our own head. Um, the I is connected to illness. We think about everything mm. that's wrong, what we're not doing right. Uh, and that's a tendency that, that human beings have. We're designed to feel bad. To seek out the negative in part because it's evolutionary. That's how we protect ourselves. We survive. So the more that we can connect with other people and get distracted from ourselves in a healthy way, the happier we will be. That's so true. Like that. even, even I find if even if you are alone, because what a lot of us do um, working freelance and you're home alone a lot, or you're doing you're talking on phone calls, but you're not face to face a lot with people. Maybe for a whole week sometimes, and yeah. then you know you're straight ahead week to week you know in front of someone but like I'll find myself texting somebody like Heidi or Jamie or Megan and just venting or finding someone you can talk to and feeling like you have that confidant and feeling like okay that wasn't so bad I just had to get it out of my system I just had to say it out loud to somebody then you forget about it you're on to the next and you can really just I don't know move forward I feel like just putting it out there one of the things when I was doing research for my book is you know everything that your mother has ever said to you in terms of be careful who you put in your life Mm -hmm. and that lifestyle matters and it really does you know making healthy choices so the power of womanhood and female friendships is huge you know make sure that you have people who are supportive in your life make sure that you're working out and taking care of your body make sure that you're connecting and using your intellectual skills make sure that you're sleeping right that this all influences our genes and how we age Mm -hmm. it's called epigenetics Mm -hmm. so we can have genetic tendencies but if you look at twin studies identical twin studies you'll see one might age really quickly while the other not so much it really has a lot to do with the choices that we make we were just talking to Norma Kamali on one yeah. of our episodes about that, and she said, "I cannot stress enough, especially after fifty, get your rest, get you know, wean off the alcohol if you can, you know, watch the sugar intake, watch how you take care of your body and what makes you happy." And she said, "Be a little selfish if you, you know, if you can." She said, "Because as you get older, it's the years; those are your years." And you know, she said, "They get better as you get older if you do it right." She's absolutely right, and she's somebody who's a perfect example of. Of how great mm-hmm. things can happen mm-hmm. at any stage yeah. in your life. And I, I've worked with women in their 60s that, for whatever reason, it took them a while to get there, but then through working on themselves, they found the love of their lives. Yeah. You know, they're traveling the world. They finally got the lifestyle they wanted to get. And it is empowering to see, to know that each stage offers something different. And I read this quote. It said, why can't we see our life like a video game? Mm-hmm. Each time you reach a new level, you say, I'm slaying it. Right. And I think if we can really get there culturally, and we're going to have to because we're all living longer. And where are we gaining those years? 
during the midlife years. Mm -hmm. So if we give ourselves an expiration date, we are disempowering ourselves. I can't tell you how many women reach out to me on Instagram and say, oh, you know, that's so great that you took that four mile walk. You know, I would I just, you know, I'm I'm. I'm 60 or, you know, they, they call themselves out with a number and then use that as an excuse as to why they can't do something active. And my response is always, and not in a patronizing way, because I, you might, may or may not know this, Robbie, my husband is turning 60. Um, oh in my month God. After next. What's right. his secret? Good yeah. lifestyle. Great. Right. So, well, but it was. And a lot of sex, evidently, well, is really good for helps. you too. <laughs> but, it, but his lifestyle was not always healthy. Uh, he was always a, like a gym rat. Like he did go to the gym but not in the healthy way. He was taking the creatine and like lifting heavy weights and he, he wasn't healthy. He was eating poorly and he didn't feel good and it was a different time in his life. He found the best version of him. Luckily for me, <laughs> I met the best ver- I didn't meet the best version of him. We became the best versions of ourselves together. We say it all the time and he is in better shape than he was when he was 18 years old. Hands down, no questions He's asked. hot. <laughs> He's in very good shape. And, but he Every also- time we go on a trip together, my husband refuses <laughs> to stand next to him. We were at a water park together over the weekend. Oh, she's, no. like, she's like, my husband's freaking out. He has to be sure this next to George. <laughs> it's a true story. And he's so 20 years. His George is like a 15-pack. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's crazy. I've crazy. seen pictures. It, it reminds me of Candace Bushnell described these people in her book as the super middles. Yeah. The people that have never yes. looked better. And yeah. There are a lot of people that look better because they know what to do. Yeah, so much better. I look better now than I did when oh, I was yeah. 25, I was like chubby. I probably had a cigarette hanging out of my hand. All of the things, okay? But but George is a great example of somebody that just, he believed he could. He started to do it and then proved to himself with, with each step. Oh, I can work out this way. Oh, I'm really strong. I could run a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, a marathon. I can, you know, have two kids over the age of 55 and like keep up with them. All the things he does, now he's completely plant-based. He's vegan. He's become like a recipe developer, a chef. He loves it. And he feels, we jump out of bed every morning together at like 4.30 in the morning and oh live God. this great life. I know that part's <laughs> annoying, but it's God's honest truth. But I, I don't I, know how you do that. I dedicate that to our diet. And I'm our going lifestyle. to bed at 4.30. <laughs> A lot of people are. But I think that he um, he inspires me, but I, I know he inspires a lot of our followers, and I think that's part of the reason why I have a lot of boomers as followers, because they like to follow our story and his story. Yeah, and I think I he's a great that. example of that. No, and he's aspirational, mm-hmm. you know, and so we need those people that we admire, that we want to be like, but yet we don't envy them because we put them on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Totally. So there's a place for those role models. But no, your husband is a perfect example. And I think, listen, we can all make excuses for why not, why we can't. We can certainly tell ourselves that story. But I think the challenge is to say, just do something. It doesn't need to be four miles. Right. Maybe it's four minutes if you don't get off the couch. Yeah, Just absolutely. do something different in the direction of who you want to be. And I think the challenge is, is that people get uncomfortable. They see themselves a certain way. And so they behave in a certain way. And what I would say is there's a power of habit. If you slowly incorporate something into your life so you don't need to think about it, it's almost automatic and you're halfway there. Mm-hmm. I have a question. How many days do you think it takes to form a habit? Because I've read so many studies Ooh. on this, so I'm curious what your take is. Well, I would say at least 30 days. 
at least 30 days. Um, but it's probably different for everyone, right? Just like we're See, all different. I have so much thoughts on this because I'm research. I'm writing a book, too, that's out next spring. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, and the research I've been doing around habit forming is that a lot of the science says three weeks, 21 days. A lot of the newer science says 60 days. 60 is what I read because there was that original study 60. that just mentioned 30 days, and it didn't say that that's how long it took to form a habit. Did you read this? It's so... But what I'm finding, so I worked at Self Magazine for nine years, and I uh, worked with the Self Challenge, which was a diet and exercise program to help people reach their goals and be the best version of themselves. And after nine years of working with real women, I really, truly believe it's 19 days, because that was the tipping point for every one of the millions of women that I coached and worked with, where it really started to stick. And okay, maybe it's not a habit like brushing your teeth just yet, but at that moment, I saw a change in everyone. If you can do something for 19 days, you wow. can do something, and it be- starts to become a part of your life. And so that becomes easier, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and then, 19 days is nothing. I also want to point out that that's actually why I asked Robbie what she thought, because I did. I wasn't interested in everything I've read scientific research. I was interested in real life so that's fascinating that you saw that. Was, well, I happened? think 60 is daunting. You hear 60, you're oh, like, yeah, I can't yeah. do that. Right. And even three weeks is a little, uh, like, abstract. Like, yeah, just, or too days. basic. Whereas you're like, 19, every time I would say someone and just challenge them, stick with me for 19 days. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's specific. <laughs> um, it seems more actionable. And it and once people made it that 19 days, they just kept going. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the philosophy of AA. Um, and I've had patients who are in AA and NA and OA and the idea of just just take the next right step until your identity is in sync with your actions. That's which right. can take a little while. So maybe your behavior, mm-hmm. maybe it takes whatever it takes. And I wonder if there's a difference between genders mm-hmm. and a certain age range. I don't know. That would be really interesting be to look at. And I don't have the answer to that question. But I, I think what clicks is when your identity shifts mm-hmm. and you say, I'm a person who never works out to, I'm a person that at least will work out once a week, no matter what. Yes. Or I'm a person that only eats healthy and I'm not going to eat only carbs or whatever whatever it is that your identity starts to shift and that's when real power can happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's also when you say to someone you have to change your whole entire you know outlook or what you want to do that's intimidating but like you're saying these small steps and these little you know working your way towards it is so much more manageable mentally I think than just saying I'm going to reinvent myself and be mm-hmm. you know this person yeah. next that's point, week. Christine. That's so scary. There's something called um, egocentonic and egodystonic in psychology. And egocentonic is when we do something that's either healthy or not that's in sync with how we experience ourselves. And egodystonic is doing something that feels uncomfortable. It's not how we experience ourselves. So sometimes our identity or who we think we are can fight against certain healthy tendencies until we make that shift. Hmm. And so that's always the goal because how you truly, truly experience yourself can pull you back. Just because it's like a very uh, industry term, ego dystonic? Ego syntonic uh-huh. and ego dystonic. So what would an example of an ego dystonic, would it be like trying to create a boundary when you think you're really bad at boundaries? Is that that or what is it? What's it's a example? little different than boundaries. So it's like saying, uh, let's see, I'm a person, if you say to yourself, I'm not athletic. I'm not a person that really works out. Mm-hmm. I hate it. 
I've never done anything and, you know, I just don't work like that. And then for, let's say, um, three weeks, you try to work out really hard. Mm. But your identity then pulls you back and Uh, says, this is not really me. uh, This is not my comfort zone. I'm not doing this anymore. And that one's called? That would be ego dystonic. Got it. But if you can make a shift and say, I'm not athletic, but you know what? I don't need to be athletic to work out once a week and and try it for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then you like it. You feel a little better. And then it becomes part of your identity. You're not athletic. But that doesn't stop you from working out once a week. Then it can be egocentric because you're not going against who you are and you're incorporating more healthy components into your life. Yeah, because you're also getting a payoff from telling yourself that you're not athletic. You get to be lazy because I just get to be that (laughs) person. And I've actually heard, uh, you know, when people go into like rehab that sometimes they're just told, okay, so basically like everything you think, like whatever your first thought is, like just do the opposite of that and and you're great. You'll be good. Because, but that's because your best thinking got you there. You have your brain telling you a whole bunch of lies. You're used to following the wrong side of your brain that's maybe impulsive and just not thinking right. And perhaps if you just act as if you try this different way for enough days in a row, you'll start to actually internalize it and believe in. I talk a lot about smart feet. I don't always want to go to the gym. At least 50% of the time I go to the gym, I don't want to go to the gym, but I go anyway. People, that's the number one thing that people ask me on Instagram. How do you get up and go to the gym in the morning? Because Megan knows, like, she does the same thing. I just go. I don't always want to go. You follow the plan. The mistake people yes. make is following motivation. Mm-hmm. You go there, you're going to lose. You're going to lose really early so you don't even know I'm where like you are. Out. <laughs> I don't, literally, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah, I don't even and think that about works it. for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great plan. But really, I mean, I think people get stuck in, I have to feel motivated mm. every moment and I need to be excited. Mm. And no, it's following a plan and being consistent. And now like with Instagram too, everything is so intimidating. The gyms are, everything is so bells and whistles and all decked out. So if you are just starting out, I can see how it could be a little bit intimidating. You're competing with all these, you know, super fitness heroes and fitspo, fit fan people that are always doing this. So then when you come into it for the first time, it could be super challenging and, you know, intimidating. Really, yeah. That used to be the thing that. that made me laugh so much when I worked at Self Magazine. It was like, well, I have to get in shape before I can go yeah. to the because yeah. I don't want to go to the gym. I can't until I look like I belong at the gym. You guys, the number one thing that I get, I'm a yoga instructor, is I'm not flexible enough to take your class. Mm. And I'm like, no, no then you, you just need her app. Okay? Yoga. Download yeah. the app yeah. and do it in your living room. Crossflow yoga. I Download want to it. take your class because yes. I love yeah. yoga. Well, so everybody's good at yoga. It's a brain thing, just oh. like we were talking about. You have really? to stop telling yourself that. There's no such yeah. thing as being bad at yoga. Have you seen me sit on the floor <laughs> like this? <laughs> Just no, it's yoga, yoga is about a willingness to try. Just like everything we've talked about. Like, that is yoga. It's like there's no bad yogis. No it's trying, don't just want to doing, try. right? Yeah, yoga. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't, you yoga. There, don't you think there's something to be said about allowing yourself to be bad at something initially and how freeing that is? Yes. But what about just being a beginner? Why do you label it bad? Well, because I think there are people that will stop themselves because mm-hmm. they'll say, I'm bad at this. I don't want to feel bad at it. So I'm going to avoid it. And so it's so liberating to say, okay, let me be bad at something. Who cares? That ties back to the Instagram thing we were talking about earlier because um, it's so funny. Every time like we're invited to take a new class, like Christine was talking about, all these classes with bells and whistles, and maybe there are some new methods that we've never tried before. 
George, my husband, because we run our Instagram together, gets so nervous because he feels like because we're a fitness Instagram account, he should be good at every workout. He literally gets butterflies. He gets a stomach ache on the way to these new workouts because he's like, I'm not going to be able to do it. And I'm like, babe, that is the whole point. And when I ride next to people at SoulCycle, they're always like, I'm not going to be able to keep up with you. And I'm like, just wait until you see me. I'm not on the beat and I don't care. I just like to ride and sweat and I have fun. I like the music. I will never claim to be the best rider at SoulCycle because I'm not. And I think it's important, again, for us to share those types of things so people know. Yeah. But I have my, so the SoulCycle instructor, Lori Cole, that I take every <laughs> week repeatedly, she says all the time, and I thought of it. It's funny that you brought that up because I thought of it when you were speaking because she says all the time, she's like, you don't have to be good. At SoulCycle, nobody has to be good. You just have to want to try. Mm. That's it. I'm like, good at exercise. But I do suck at a lot of other things, and I really take pride in sucking at them. Like, I'm I love that I can't cook. Maybe this is, in, this is an article. Right? Mm. Celebrate sucking Celebrate at it. Celebrate what you suck at. Yeah. Celebrate what you suck at. Isn't just, it freeing? I laugh at myself yeah. when I suck at something. I just like the whole workout. Mm-hmm. I'm just like in hysterics. I'm sure the instructors are really pissed at me, but I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, when it's a dance workout, this is Heidi. I, I have to say, too, like, <laughs> I'm very... I, like, I make a big effort, even with my kids, to make it clear what I'm not good at so that they don't ever have this image of me. Because I do a lot, and I'm a busy mom and all the things, and I never want them to think, like, I'm perfect in mm. any way, shape, or form. So I'll be like, oh, my gosh, did you see when I made that mistake? Or, oh, my gosh, and then I did that and put my foot in my mouth again. That's so um, healthy. Just to humanize, like, because I do think sometimes because of, like, all, like, if we're on TV or we're on the gram or we're editing a magazine, it seems like, oh, she's so put together and perfect. Hell no. And, like, no asking questions. Yeah. Like, you have to ask. I think I was texting Heidi the other day about something mm. we were doing for, yes. it was Google Docs. Like, yeah. I just, it was, like, blowing my mind. I couldn't oh, figure I something out. I make one. No. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. We're, we're all working together. So the easiest thing was to put everything on Google Docs. And my husband's a creative. I went to ask him for help. He's like, I, I can just design the page. I can't. I, that document, I, he started deleting everything. I, I called Jamie. <laughs> I'm like, I did my Google One time he tried to design something and he hit delete. I'm like, you just deleted all her work. She's like, no, it's somewhere. But anyway, I, I felt so silly at first thinking like I'm the only one in this podcast, you know, out of the group of us who... I, you know, I was an editor for years. I, I did all these things and I can't, I can't figure out this Google doc thing to save my <laughs> life. Like between the documents and the drives and it was in one email and it was in, not in my phone and the other. And I, I just couldn't figure it out. And then Yay, I just, you suck at something. Yeah, I, I texted Heidi. I'm like, Heidi, I, feel, I want to cry right now. She was like, there's no crying over Google docs. She's like, I can't do it either. And I was like, oh, thank God you said that. Like I'm just wasting an hour of my day trying to did figure it out. Did you enjoy my word doc? Paste <laughs> it into an email. So we have to figure out. Google Docs all There's, together, but I we're felt starring. so we're much starring. better. And you know, once I heard that, I'm like, why didn't I just ask someone earlier? You're not alone, right? <laughs> it was a, an episode of Desperate Housewives that I'll never forget. Which where one? I, I don't remember like which episode it was, but like at the end, it's like, like two of the characters are sitting down next to each other, and one is just basically telling about how she just feels like she doesn't have it together, mm-hmm. and she feels like she's not always the best mom, and she's not the best wife, and all of these things, and she just starts bawling, and the other one's like, "Are you kidding?" We all feel like we suck. And she's like, what? Oh, 
we ever say it out loud to each other? And it's like, because everyone tries to put on a show, but doesn't it feel so good to just yeah. say it? Mm-hmm. And just Because usually the, the other person feels the same way. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think the more confident we are, we can admit that we are not good at everything. And I'm thinking I probably have done something wrong because my kids never thought I was perfect. <laughs> so something obviously went re- very wrong. Yeah. What's your favorite piece of advice in your book that you give? Oh, gosh. You know, really to look inward. You know, really ask yourself some tough questions about what do you want? What are you passionate about? And then to know that you can make a difference. And that um, there's this quote in my book where human beings think that mistakenly think that they're complete when they have so much more growth. Like as long as you're living, we can grow. Our brain continues to develop. Our personalities get better as we get older. So it's kind of understanding that with age, everything we've been taught is pretty much wrong. Mm -hmm. And we are getting better to know that and to just be true to yourself. It's about listening to your soul and not letting regret get in the way, not letting your false ideas about yourself get in the way, but just really plugging into your soul. I love that. I mean, look, as ladies of a certain age, and that's really the crux of our podcast, which is that, you know, we are um, at, uh, at this age that a lot of people fear and we really step into it boldly and are very proud and are very happy and um, and love living our life. I just think it's very inspiring, your point of view, and I really appreciate it. And I love what you shared today. And we're just so happy to be here with you. Oh, yeah. thank you for having me. I love you girls. Yeah. You guys are our future. We ran into the halls right here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right here. Yeah. I want to say that here at Gotham Podcast Studio, where we we record, it was so serendipitous. It was our first day, I think, recording here. And Robbie also records her show here. And so we ran into each other in the halls. And I I really do believe that that's uh, a piece of manifestation. Mm -hmm. When when souls come together, it's for a reason. I agree. And I need to have you guys on Talking Live. So we need Mm -hmm. to do it here so that the sound is good. And we um, (laughs) take my show on video in the Freedom Room. But we'll all kind of sit on each other's laps. It'll be like the subway. I love that. We can really focus on, you know, what your intention is for women to know about themselves and each other and how to enjoy life. Listen, we're here to have fun. Mm -hmm. And it's important to keep that in mind. That would be so much fun. I can't wait to go. I love that. So, speaking of having fun, we have a lightning round. Okay, are are you ready? These questions are super hard. Okay. Morning or evening workout? Morning. And what is your favorite workout? Ooh, I like a body sculpting class, but I also like cycling because it's fast. Mm. Are you a soul cycle girl? I am a soul cycle girl. Woo! I like running in the park when the weather is exactly right. But I'm, I'm, a language. I'm a fair yeah. weather runner. Gotcha. Do you do uh, Central Park around I the do. Oh, I have to look I for you. I do. I do. But I go at like sunset. So, okay. I go at sunrise, so I'll see you out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe not that early because I'm going to bed at 4.30, but <laughs> somewhere along there. Your morning might be my afternoon. So I'm just going to work. All right, so okay. speaking, speaking of waking up, oh, yeah. coffee, tea, or matcha? Oh, coffee. All right. <laughs> and the very last thing that we do is called... Karma call. <laughs> so karma is the Sanskrit word for action. And we are asking all of our amazing, incredible guests, if you had one actionable thing that our listeners could do, very small thing that would change their life, like drink water every morning, you know, something simple, what would it be? 
find different positive quotes and statements that you can read every day. Oh, I love that. I love that. We need to inspire ourselves. So it's diet for the mind. Mm. I put those at the end of my journals. Mm-hmm. Like, I, And I go backwards. I start on the last page with all of my inspirational quotes. I collect them mm-hmm. because I know how important it is to feed your mind with the right things to think so that we can move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I love Beautiful. that. Amazing. Well, thanks, thanks for helping you. us move in the right direction. Thanks Yay. for having me, girls. Yay. All right, guys. Well, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can never miss an episode and follow us at Off the Gram Podcast on the Gram. See you next time. Thank you. Bye.